0: Welcome back to the I Listen to Everything podcast. Uh today we have a guest. His name is Carl. Say hi, Carl.
1: Hello everybody. How are you doing?
0: And if you want to just introduce yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> I don't know how to how to introduce myself anymore. Um I'm I'm Carl. <laughs> uh I like Long West Coast Beach. No, um <laughs> I uh I am basically friends with uh Jen and Andrew. Um I used to do music. I used to be kind of in in the scene in Montreal. Um, no longer doing that anymore, but kind of doing it as a hobby. And I just came to join because I, I like talking a lot about music and, and you know, and uh, really excited to be on here.
0: And I've heard some of Carl's stuff, and yes, he is very good. Um, and Carl is one of Andrew's longtime friends.
2: Yes, he's like a brother from another mother.
0: Yes. True that, true that. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so today we're going to be talking about grunge. Um, I'm going to go into, like, the overview, uh, and then if you guys want to just, you know, chime in, say whatever you well, think.
2: since we have Carl on the episode, I want to know, like, when you were doing music, did you used to do grunge or anything like that back in the day? Um,
1: I, I think I tried at one point, um, <laughs> back, in, I think it was back in, in, oh, so CGEP or college or whatever we want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um but uh So that was circa
2: but, around what years? Oh like
1: 2017, I think. Yeah, so I tried I almost got signed to a label because of that it was a funny story. Um Actually but, I did not know
2: that. That's <laughs> Yeah,
1: like, like I I I I tried to make an album and it like almost got signed to a label. I, I, someone cool. passed it someone passed it to the label and I didn't know about it. <laughs> I was like, Wait, what are you doing? <laughs> and then they're like, Oh yeah, it went to the second level. I'm like, What? <laughs> so but uh but yeah, no. But yeah, I experimented with it. Before. And
0: but what kind of music were you making when you almost got well, you <laughs> were close to getting signed.
1: Um, so at that point I was kind of messing around with rock and um a lot of like sound effects and I was like I think I had one song that I tried to do like Pink Floyd-ish kind of weird synthy oh, species cool. vibes. So I was just experimenting with different things and try to come up with um like an album concept. I think it was like a six-song ep or whatever so yeah
2: okay i did hear your stuff early on you did have good riffs and instrumentals so yeah i think i got
1: turned down because they were like you need a band you can't just be one person i see all uh, right that's rude (laughs) yeah they lost out they lost out on my my niceness
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay um we're gonna have to do another podcast and and listen to um or episode, I mean, and listen to Carl's music one day. So now let's go into like a little overview of uh, grunge. Um, So basically grunge was like a subgenre of alternative rock uh, that emerged during like the mid 80s in Seattle, which is why sometimes it's known as the Seattle sound. And this sound became known as grunge because it was expensive and time consuming to get a record, to get a recording to sound clean. And so grunge is kind of like slang for like dirty and so that's how the word like the the genre itself became known as grunge So some think the word doesn't really have like a clear def- definition and uh, the most popular grunge bands actually they all sound kind of different because they all get influences from different um, uh, genres so like some right. are more punk some are more metal um for example nirvana has a lot more punk influences uh and pearl jam is a bit more like classic rock and soundgarden and alice in chains get their influences from like more metal um influences um basically it was a fusion of all these genres so punk rock heavy metal um and it's Kind of similar to punk because it had like sort of a raw like lo-fi sound and like a similar lyrical content and it had that like distorted electric guitar um electric bass guitar drums and vocals usually uh, a lot of the influences were from like indie rock bands like sonic youth and the lyrics were mostly like angst filled and like introspective a lot of the themes involved like social alienation self-doubt abuse neglect betrayal um social or emotional isolation addiction um psychological trauma and desire for freedom and it's often referred to as like ugly um but grunge artists wanted to mirror like the ugliness of the world around them and shine the light on the real world um yeah so do you have anything to say about that carl
1: well i was gonna say that um for, I guess I guess on top of reading or whatever and stuff like that. But yeah, it definitely has like I guess what people normally look at grunge is like very teenage angsty and kind of like kind of I guess anti social a little bit in a way. It's just like people don't really know how to like talk with the other world and just kinda of, like finding a way to kinda of go against it. I guess that's kind of what grunge I guess what grunge mostly gives off to most people. Yeah, it's know. kinda
0: like a rebellion. It's right. like yeah, like teen angst, that kind of thing. Smells right. like Teen Spirit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I mean that, that's the, pretty much the <laughs> anthem of grunge music, right? So exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that obviously is. Uh, Smells like Teen Spirit is a not is a song by Nirvana, um, and some of the like most notable artists of the grunge genre were Nirvana, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Mother Love Bone, Green River, Pearl Jam, um, Mud Honey. And I, some,
1: I, I would I would even say um, some offspring would actually be considered grunge. Low self-esteem or self-esteem, that song definitely has grunge influence too.
0: Well like a lot of these bands were like around the same time and I think I said earlier it's like kind of like a loosely defined genre so like you can't really like pinpoint it to a specific thing. I mean I was just like searching what are some grunge bands and I didn't see the offspring I don't think but like right definitely a lot of the bands at this time would be considered, would have, like, grunge influences. Like, for example, like, I thought Smashing Pumpkins would be considered grunge, but they're not really. Mm. But a lot of their songs have, like, grungy, like, sounds.
2: They showed up at the time when grunge was at its best. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. of course. They're considered um, alternative rock.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I find it funny, though, if you look at a link a list of, like, grunge bands on Google, like, if you just search it, Smashing Pumpkins actually does appear on that list, but yeah, you're right. Like it's not fully.
2: Grunge, but then I think if you go
0: it's... to like Wikipedia, it's not mm. listed in the the list of genres. I don't remember if it was or not. But I yeah, think it's too.
2: similar to how most rappers after the phase of mumble rap got categorized as mumble rap, even though they're not. I think it's a mm. similar situation. Yeah, like some of the right, some of the right. grunge
0: artists were like no, We're not grunge, like they saw they didn't think of it as like a good term to call themselves, so it's like similar to that in a way, right? Um, right. So, just to continue, like my list of bands here, uh, <laughs> so I said mud, mud Honey, I think, um, Tad, which is a great name, uh, <laughs> Temple of the Dog, Skin Yard, Bush, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Melvin's, Screaming Trees, Babes in Toyland, um. And this one surprised me the most, um, Nickelback. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently their (laughs) earlier stuff was sort of grunge, I don't know.
1: I think their first album maybe, but aside from that, like, no, like, I don't know (laughs) what they've, I don't know,
0: yeah. What they've morphed into is like something else.
1: They just became a photograph.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, so we're gonna talk about the history and just go through like how it sort of evolves into grunge, or like how grunge became about. Um, so, the roots of grunge start at around 1965 to 1985. Um, so, we have like proto grunge, which is bands like the Sonics, um, especially with their album Here Are the Sonics. Also, Neil Young is a very big influence on a lot of grunge bands, uh, especially Kurt Cobain and Pearl Jam. Um, and then there's other bands like Wipers, with their album Youth of America, um, Elvis Costello, and the Stooges. And um, so, like I said earlier, grunge came from the Seattle area. um, And Seattle's isolation from other cities is kind of what led to the grunge genre, because it was like a very remote city that was ignored by the American media at the time. And it was also a very working class city. So it was very poor, which is like responsible for a lot of the grunge ideals and like the fashion too. Um, And fun fact, Kurt Cobain was actually living in his car when Nevermind like reached number one in the U.S. charts. So like a lot of the band members themselves were like from a poor working class, like, what's it called? (laughs) background you... that's yeah. that's the word yeah. i was looking for <laughs> um and then so around 1984 um bands started mixing like metal and punk together so there was bands like the you men um but they're more considered like post-punk rather than metal um there was other bands like the farts yes that's, that's their actual name <laughs> <laughs> um 10 minute warning the accused and the fastbacks and there was also like A slow and heavy and like sludgy style of uh of like music like the Melvins um and Kurt Cobain like I read um heavier than heaven which is like a biography about Kurt Cobain and he really was like he really liked the Melvins I remember reading that I read it a long time ago so I don't remember everything but I just remember like reading about the Melvins a lot in that book um and Seattle was seen as like a place where music was like pure and authentic so like Authenticity was like an important um, facet of this genre. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then there was other bands that were like important influences, such such as I think we mentioned Sonic Youth, but also Pixies, uh, Dinosaur Jr. and Butthole Surfers. Um, uh, Kurt Cobain loved Butthole Surfers and Pixies a lot. Um, I'm going to be talking about Kurt Cobain because I just know a lot about him because <laughs> I read books about him but also he's like the biggest like artist of well like yeah. musician of this genre yeah course. when you think of
2: yeah. grunge you think of Kurt You th-
0: yeah you go he's automatically go to him
1: he's basically the Bob Marley of grunge That's exactly pretty much what you would say right
0: yeah um and a lot of heavy metal of like the 70s was very like crucial to like how grunge became about so like Black Sabbath um, and Led Zeppelin, also thrash metal. So like they had a similar way of thinking with like hardcore punk, which is a big influence on like the grunge ideals Um, and Black Flag, which is a hardcore punk band. They were, they had a strong impact in Seattle. So they were very like influential to a lot of these bands. Um, And it was very different to like hair metal, which was big at the time in the eighties. A lot of the bands like were very against hair metal. (laughs) Um, <laughs> uh, Charles R. Cross, who is the author of *Heavier in Heaven*, he said grunge was the culmination of twenty years of punk rock development. So, just to give you an idea, um, and this time period was like the golden age of failure because of a lot, of, a lot of the political movements in the United States were like just seen as a big failure at this time, um, and so the American youth started to embrace. Um, basically like this idea of like embracing being a loser um even in like Kurt Cobain's well in Nirvana's songs I think one of the lyrics oh well, it's in smells like teen spirit I think where he says it's fun to lose and to pretend um
2: I remember being a kid around that time and seeing the older kids and stuff have that vibe in persona
0: yeah they had that mm. like mentality um so Drew you grew up not you do you didn't grow up around this time but you were like a kid how old were you when grunge was popular it was like the early, late 80s early 90s so like you were born in the late 80s i was
2: born in 86 so when i was a child grunge was pretty much at its peak right I would say. let's say
0: like 1991 was like the biggest year for grunge i think mm-hmm. um or maybe not so like 91 to 93 i think yeah. um you were around like what
2: Mm, four five six seven around those ages yeah so so, when you get to like age six and seven you see your friend's older brothers like you get influenced by it a little bit right so
0: um i was born in 1993 and we're gonna see later that um that was apparently the year the grunge died so (laughs) it's your fault (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) welcome. um carl you i forget like
1: so yeah i was born in 1990 okay um yeah and uh and i think it was kind of like slab in the middle with a lot of music stuff like um but i definitely on my side i grew up a lot with rock and and also grunge and alternative rock as well primarily because of my brother that introduced me to it um but uh but i also like grew up on other stuff like disco so shout out to the disco um podcast <laughs> that you guys did. so i was like yeah. oh i was listening to it i'm like oh yeah i know these things like i know this um but yeah, like I listened to, uh, I listened, I grew up listening to it as well. So yeah,
0: cool. All right, so um, let's continue on with the history. So then, from 1985 to 1991, um, Green River, their album "Come On Down" is kind of known as like the first grunge record. Grunge had like a very like low budget recording. Uh, as we mentioned before and it got some media but then it got some media attention and bands started moving to seattle to find that grunge sound um mud honey's steve turner called these bands pretend bands so there was like a you know they, they were against this kind of thing um and then grunge bands started to like change their sound as a result of that and they added more melody into their songs um And then Soundgarden was the first band to sign a major label, and then Nirvana, and then Alice in Chains. Um, So then from 1991 to 1997, um, Nevermind is released. Uh, That's like Nirvana's biggest album. And Smells Like Teen Spirit is what really kicked grunge into gear, and it went mainstream. It had constant airplay on MTV, and it actually replaced um, Michael Michael Jackson's Dangerous at number one in 1992. Um, It established the cultural and commercial viability of alternative rock in general. That was a direct quote um, from, I don't know who I didn't write (laughs) down where it's from. But just to give you a sense of like how popular it was at the time. So before grunge, like glam metal had dominated rock music in the 80s. And we also mentioned hair metal. Um, But now authentic music was in favor. So um, I guess authentic because like glam metal was was you know it's in the name it's like glamorous it's like they're about like their looks and like performing and and all that and hair metal was more just like
1: i, I think i think hair metal and glam metal were the same if i'm not mistaken thing, i might be wrong stage but presence oh see
3: I, I
0: yeah like you had like that. motley <laughs>
1: crew and stuff like that yeah they were very like i think like view conscious of like your hair and like the looks and stuff like it was very superficial very okay okay thank you for the (laughs)
0: yeah so now the grunge bands were like okay we're more authentic we're more about like the lyrics and like the you know the meaning of it all um and then grunge also started becoming like a fashion fad um uh so actually let me just find that article unless carl you have anything to say about that or drew
1: um, I don't know, hot topic. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, actually, I don't have anything on me, but I, I do know, like, I think it's like maybe early 2000s grunge was like, yeah, like a very popular uh look. Like, if you wanted to have the grunge look, you have the flannel, you have the the the, the never mind t shirt, right? You would have, yeah, whatever the jeans, ripped jeans, whatever, yeah, so, the like wash, ripped
2: jeans, exactly, yeah.
1: So there was like a certain look to that you wanted to be grunge, but it, it was so far away from the actual music yeah. and it became its own thing. And most people that would wear a Nevermind t-shirt would have no idea who Nirvana was.
0: Yeah, um, I, I remember reading about that. There was this like a resurgence of like the fashion of grunge um, in the early two- 2000s and even in the 2000s. Like in the early 2010s, I remember on Tumblr, like just seeing a lot of like grunge coming back in fashion, like a lot of flannel and like darker makeup and things like that. Mm. Um, And, you know, people that were obsessed with Kirk Cobain and just reposting pictures of him. Yeah. (laughs) It was a really big thing back when I was on Tumblr in like 2014.
1: I remember when people were all fascinated by the 27 Club, which I think you can maybe, I think you're probably going to bring up that later in the show. But yeah, like they were all obsessed with it too, as well. So.
0: Okay, I can't find that article that I was talk that I was gonna talk about. But anyways, um, the fashion was basically just like very like a lot of flannel, a lot of like working class attire. So like, mm-hmm. which is kind of like. Indicative of, like, the area that it's from. So, like, they, they didn't put a lot of thought of, into what they wore. They just wore, like, whatever they had. So the fashion, it wasn't really, like, thought of. It was just like, okay, well, we're going to wear our flannels. And,
2: and white t-shirts or plain clothes.
0: our ripped up jeans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and our boots. Or I think they wore boots, I don't know. And Converse, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, things th- like that.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely goes with, like, working class, like, yeah. Know. Working class people wear kind of thing, and then like they just Lumber like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah lumberjack attire, pretty much.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then um, this is kind of funny, and I remember like remember we watched that documentary Drew about grunge and some sub- and sub pop. That what that's what it was. It was right. a documentary on sub pop. Um, there was like a fake list of grunge slang terms that was por- <laughs> posted in the New York Times. <laughs> um, I should pull up that fake list, but basically like. It wasn't even a list of actual terms, obviously, it's just like the secretary at Sub Pop just came up with them on the spot because she was just having fun with the the like, the person from New York Times that called her, um, which I thought was so funny. Um, and then there was like a grunge backlash. A lot of like bands, like for example, Blur, they made a song called Song 2, which was like making fun of grunge. Uh, we'll play that song later.
2: I never knew it was doing that yeah I didn't know that it's interesting because if
0: you listen to Blur's songs like none of them sound like that song 2 sounds really different it's because they're like making fun of Grunge like they were they were like I, I think the lyrics are supposed to be kind of like stupid in a way like Mm -hmm.
1: that it's funny because it's also ironic that
3: that's their most famous song song i know
0: and they (laughs) probably hated the fact that it was their most famous song (laughs) but like yeah so many british bands or brit pop bands dislike grunge because of like the pessimistic nature because they weren't about that then in the end of 1993 it sort of went on the decline and like i said that's when i was born born. i'm sorry to everyone but i ended grunge (laughs) Um, <laughs> I say these two things. I ended grunge, and then I also was responsible for the Canadians, the Montreal Canadians never winning again because they, yeah. they the last time they won was in 1993. Yeah. So it's all my fault. Um, <laughs> so yeah, grunge was on the decline at the end of 1993. Um, there was a lot of imitators of grunge. Uh, popular grunge bands didn't like the popularity of it and started to retreat. And also there was a lot of like drug addictions. Mm. Um, and then in like heroin was a big drug in the grunge scene and it affected a lot of musicians um, including Kurt Cobain and then in mid 1994 there was like a downward spiral there was the death of whole bassist Kristen Pfaff she uh, overdosed and then obviously Kurt in April of 1994 he he passed away do you drew do you remember this happening like do you remember that time
2: no i was kind of oblivious at the time
0: because you would have been like i guess you would have been like eight years old
2: <laughs> seven going eight it depends yeah you know? right
0: um and then carl obviously i don't think you would remember
2: <laughs> i i was
1: not that i i was not aware at the time but um but hearing about what happened uh there is kind of like mixed stories as to what happened, so there 's kind of like a a mix of cloud of mystery of why why he died but um but uh, no i don 't think anybody really knows for sure so oh
0: you mean like the the like whole yeah like the whole
1: uh if it was Courtney Love or if it was him, just you know again the twenty seven club joining like the twenty seven club i 'll just give you like a brief overview, but the twenty seven club was essentially is like Every musician dies the, at the twenty at twenty at the age of twenty seven, because a lot of people thought it was cool for some reason. But
0: it's basically just like it's like a, I guess it's like a conspiracy theory that like all these famous musicians died at the age of twenty seven. Yeah, um, but, pretty much. But really, it's only like a handful of them. I don't know if it's really that you have like to be crazy. Like a <laughs> legendary.
2: Musician. Yeah.
0: But basically, he like killed himself with a gun. <laughs> um sorry trigger warning suicide uh but other some people think that um someone like there was like an insight it, it happens with every artist like when michael jackson died people like looked into it anyone
2: and that's super famous they're always gonna say it's why would that person kill themselves like bruce lee
0: but then if you actually like hmm. read about kurt cobain like he was depressed like he wasn't mm-hmm. happy he didn't like the fame so like it if you would know if you would have known about his life it it would make sense and also like he had already tried to like well he had already almost died from like overdosing before so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway
2: no but the point i'm trying to make is yeah he most likely did something but people that really love an artist or actor or anybody they're gonna Try to find another reason, because in their mind they can't believe that their idol would do that to themselves. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, kind of—I guess weird. it's like
0: a way to cope with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So yeah, that happened, and then a lot of bands broke up at this time. Um, Pearl Jam actually canceled their tour to protest Ticketmaster's unfair business practices, um, which is hilarious because that's what's happening right now. <laughs> yeah,
1: history repeats itself. You know. Uh, yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> So, and then Alice in Chains played their last performance because their lead singer wasn't doing well. And he died actually in 2002 of an overdose as well. Mm. And Soundgarden broke up in 1997. Yeah, so that was kind of like the end of grunge. And uh, a lot of like, so like in the latter half of the 90s, um, there was like this post-grunge era where a lot of bands popped up and kind of sounded like grunge. Um some of them are uh, Bush, Candlebox, Collective Soul. Um, and then there's this genre called scrunge, which is like fake grunge. Uh, <laughs> some of these bands are Garbage, Hootie and the Blowfish, Hum, Silver Chair, Sponge, uh, Tripping Daisy, and Weezer, which I wouldn't right. have even have thought of. Hmm. Um, but yeah, so like post-grunge is more like commercially viable and it's it has thicker guitar sounds and similar lyrical themes, but with accessible and uplifting mainstream, with an accessible and uplifting mainstream aesthetic, basically. Hmm. Um,
2: Wait, which one was um, the aesthetic one—the one with garbage and stuff—or?
0: Yeah, I'm like, I'm not too sure, but basically, like, it's like the later half of the '90s—the bands that popped up during that time.
2: Okay, I'm only asking because I you when I was a kid, I did listen to garbage and. Um, I think Bush, I think they were called Bush X at first, and then they removed the mm. X for uh, copyright reasons, so.
1: Right. Yeah. I know about Hum, because I remember uh, we had an album, I think, from Hum in our in our house at one point, so, yeah.
0: I had that, I th- if it's the same album, I... Is it
1: with the, the one with the zebra, I think? Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, such yeah, yeah, a good album. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, I love that album. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so then that was post-grunge, and then there's something called second-wave post-grunge in the late 90s and early 2000s, which we kind of talked about earlier. Well, we talked about the fashion, but basically, like, bands like Creed, Nickelback, Three Doors Down, Puddle of Mud, Foo Fighters, Stained, Matchbox 20. um, These are what is associated, like, as the second-wave post-grunge and they were criticized for like their more commercial sound and a worldview built around the comforts of community and m- romantic relationships.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so rom- romance equals bad.
2: <laughs> you're not allowed to have sex.
0: <laughs> or, or you're not allowed to be in love, basically. Yeah, um, yeah so that's that's basically the history that I have. Uh, do you Do any of you have anything to add about that?
1: uh history wise i don't know too much about the history of of grunge aside from like personal like like the music scene in montreal like in terms of of the bands and stuff but that was like later on that was maybe like 2010s so
0: wait so can you talk about that because i i don't know anything about
1: oh just like just um the music scene in general uh there was like different venues in montreal that had like grunge shows so you would have maybe like uh, there was a place called uh, Catacombs would had like grunge and then metal, and they would also have punk. And then there was Piranha Bar as well, which was um, like another venue that had a lot of different grunge shows as well. So you can definitely see what the the grunge scene was like uh, back in like the 20. I don't think it's like 2010s or something like that. So, oh, but that was that was there was a there was a point where grunge was coming back um, around that time.
0: Did not know that. Um I s- just remembered that I saw a TikTok the other day uh about it was in French it was about what's that uh club that's really popular
2: Fofon Electric
0: Yeah Fofon Electric thank you Yeah, yeah um yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah I saw a TikTok about like this guy who I think um was a I don't know he was a, like a DJ or something there and he was telling the story about how uh, Nirvana played there once and he was like and Kurt Cobain was climbing the walls apparently and it was this very <laughs> like it was this very iconic performance um, I will post that probably in the story on our Instagram which is I think it's listen to everything dot pod um, anyways I'll post it in the description of uh, this episode um, yeah so so we talked about the history um, oh, okay, I actually found, uh, <laughs> what I wanted to say about clothing. So the clothing was, like, a more, like, mundane, everyday style. So, like, basically what, they would wear the same clothes at home that they would wear on stage. Um, and it had sort of, like, a slacker, like, slouchy look. Um, w- which is, like, contrasted to how, uh, punks usually dress, which was a, not, like, put together, but, like, grunge was just a bit more, like, uh, you know we look a bit more like we just got out of bed or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And this was because they wanted to seem authentic. They didn't want to seem like they're putting on a show. It was a lot of like outdoor clothing, like we said, like flannels, lumberjack attire, because these were like common low price items at like thrift stores. And like we said, it was like a a lower income area of Seattle that Mm -hmm. um, or like this area where all the grunge bands were popping up. Um, There was like an unkept appearance and long hair to conceal your face as like a mask to express your innermost thoughts Um, Because your face expresses your innermost thoughts, so you need like a mask to hide yourself Which is very like, it reminds me of emo (laughs) Yeah. You know, like the the hairstyles, the emo hairstyles
1: Well, uh, didn't emo come afterwards? Like it came a few years after Exactly, yeah, Yeah. 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 so it's probably
0: influenced by grunge um, and then, like, ripped jeans, thermal underwear, Doc Martens, band tees, oversized sweaters, uh, long skirts, and ripped tights. But I thought
2: Doc Martens were expensive.
0: Well, <laughs> yes, but, like, I the, guess uh, if you're going to buy a boot and you want it to, like, last you a while. Like, I have Doc Martens, and I've had them since I was 17. Okay. I, and they're so if
1: <laughs> But I guess if you're buying a fashion sense uh, if you're buying a fashion of a genre normally you will have money <laughs> usually <laughs> no, i think but- that's from one of perspective of like if you're gonna buy like for example when i was younger i used to buy like those long tees. i used to when i wasn't doing hip-hop with like the long tees, and you know how expensive those things are like 40 bucks like you need money to buy those uh, you're
2: shopping at the wrong spots i never spend 40, was- <laughs> 40 bucks i spent 40 bucks for like five of
1: them <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I think nah, I went nah. to uh, it was one place that I went to. Um, I don't think it exists anymore. I don't know what happened to it. But well, yeah, then again, but, uh, I
2: was in New York and Florida a lot back in. Oh yeah, so. that,
1: though, it's a lot cheaper there. So yeah, <laughs> everything everything I think everything here is more expensive. But yeah, I think normally like if you're buying clothing from like a genre then usually it's more expensive
0: well that's like later on but we're talking about like when grunge was like in the 90s the grunge bands they weren't spending a lot of money on their clothes that's why drew asked like why would they buy doc martens if they're expensive but i don't know maybe back in the day they were less expensive and it was like they didn't have
2: that prestige hmm. maybe
0: so it was so yeah it was very like anti-consumerist compared to like the flashy aesthetic of the 80s and for like female grunge bands um there was something called Kinder Whore, which is basically like dressing kind of like a kid, like baby doll dresses. <laughs> um, I thought
2: they would get all services for like Kinder toys and chocolate. No, okay. that's not
0: about that. <laughs> <All right. laughs> and then like a Peter Pan collar, but then they would wear like heavy makeup, dark eyeliner and like little barrettes cause that's what kids wear and like Mary Janes. Um, so that was the style for like the women. Uh, but a lot of, ban- well, a lot of, like, like Kurt, for example, Kurt Cobain, he wore both men and women's clothing, uh, because, well, if you, like, have listened to Kurt's interviews, like, I- okay, so when I was a teenager, <laughs> I really liked Nirvana, and I really liked Kurt Cobain, because I would watch his interviews, and-, and he would, like, it was obvious that he was very, like, anti, like, he didn't like sexism, like, he was, he had the same ideals that I did, and he... He also like wasn't afraid to like dress in women's clothing, which I liked like I don't like it when men are too macho so and he so basically, he was like the antithesis of the macho American man mm. Mm. so, yeah, so that's like the style, but something important that we should talk about um that we didn't we didn't talk about in the history, and it it wasn't even mentioned in like the Wikipedia article, which is crazy. I had to research a bit more, um, but there is a band that's like known as like kind of like the first not the first grunge band but a very big influence on grunge Mm -hmm. and their name is Bam Bam Um, and the singer Tina Bell Mm -hmm. uh, she's known as like the godmother of grunge and she's actually a black woman which is which is rare to see in grunge bands we don't really see that many women and um, so yeah it's crazy to think that like a black woman started like the sound of grunge Mm. um so we're gonna play a bit of her, a bit of their music after but carl did you want to say anything about that
1: yeah so i i looked up to it because I, I i never learned i never learned about this until like maybe today or yesterday or whatever and like it, it's interesting because basically she not only she was one of the few uh black singers of a of a grunge band she also influenced uh nirvana pearl jam and basically like she had she had kurt cobain and other members of like pearl jam basically being roadies for her so like roadies being like people who pretty much work on their like tour bus or whatever you know so and and the fact too that she basically had to deal with a lot of bs while she was doing performance like for example the article that I was reading was talking about how she was performing one day and like there were the um there were these skin, skinheads right uh, racist dudes in in front and basically you know calling her the n-word and stuff like that and she basically took a mic uh, mic stand and just kind of swung it around and bashed her face in it. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was reading that I was like oh that's 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 badass like <laughs> um but like she had to deal with a lot of issues and unfortunately she she at one point she just gave up while doing music she um once once i think once uh grunge became really popular she just gave up on it and unfortunately it didn't really um pan out because she she struggled with um after where she struggled a lot with uh, with uh, addiction and, and alcoholism and stuff like that, um, but but yeah Like it's good that she's finally getting the recognition that she deserves. I think that's important
0: Yeah, like I only heard about her last year because again TikTok, tock mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I right. heard, saw a TikTok about her calling her the godmother of Grunge, and I was like, oh, that's super interesting and then I, I read the same article as Carl and Yeah, like I can't imagine how it must have felt when like all these bands were getting super popular, and all these white guys, you know. And she's like, and she would would get like, you know, discriminated against for doing the same thing. Like she pretty much started the genre, and she was not treated with the same respect as all these other men, which is unfortunate. So yeah, it is. um, I'm gonna post uh, that article also on our Instagram for anyone who wants to read it. So, yeah, it's Tina Bell. Yeah, Yeah. Tina Bell. So, the article is called The Black Godmother of Grunge, Who Inspired Your Favorite Bands.
1: Sorry, just also to interject, too, there's also um, Living Color. I don't know if you ever heard of Living Color. Uh, Oh, yes. They were pre-grunge, but they also definitely influenced. I was listening to them, um, Cult of Personality. That song definitely has a lot of um, elements and riffs that Pearl Jam. Like uses later on, like it sounds a lot of similar. Like there's a lot of similarity between the two bands. Um, also, I think Fishbone as well is another band. Fishbone is also really another band that you can uh, that you can look into. I think it's more on the punk side, but it also has a lot of like '90s grunge feel to it as well. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't even think about Living Color, and my dad is my dad used to listen to Living Color. I remember them. I really like them. Um, that's really cool. Okay, so. Okay, one last thing I wanted to say, because we sort of, like, talked about um, heroin, but, like, I, you know, we're going to notice, like, with a lot of genres that, like, there's always going to be drugs that are somehow, you know, that a lot of it, artists are using at, at, at the time that these genres are really popular. It, um, it's actually
1: Yeah, it's actually common in the music industry, though. Drugs in general. Of course. Like, um, no matter what music genre that you do there's so much pressure to perform so much pressure to do well especially when you're dealing with like a lot of like the um the big studios and stuff that normally like drugs are there like oh hey you're a lot of stress here have some cocaine or here have some like you know um so there's a lot of just stress and influence by other people and no matter what genre of music you're doing it's always going to be there it's unfortunately but like, well,
0: it's unfortunate, but also like some people use it to just like enhance like
2: yeah, creative juice. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. So yeah. it d- depends. Like on if you're you like it. if you're doing it for yourself and you're like okay, like I know, you know, then it's okay. Like I, know I my guess I guess it's okay, but like a lot of times it's like if it's pressured on you, then it's like. Uh, oh.
0: Yeah, and, like, with grunge, unfortunately, it was heroin that was, like, a really big drug, which can be highly addictive Mm. and um, very destructive. Like, a lot of uh, artists overdose, unfortunately. And the drugs that were used for, like, you know, grunge's heyday uh, were basically, like, drugs that mirrored, like, the self-hating, nihilistic aspect of the music. So this is why heroin was really popular. And there's a a book from... um, that stated that uh, you know in the '80s people used cocaine to socialize and celebrate good times. They used it as like a stimulant, but in the '90s uh, the depressant heroin was used to retreat into a cocoon and like be sheltered away from like a harsh, unforgiving world. Mm. Um, so yeah, I guess it's like kind of like a negative thing. It's like, anyways, yeah, and a lot and yeah. like I said, a lot of artists overdose and died, and uh, but also. There was a lot of use of, like, marijuana, MDMA, and, and coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess coffee's a drug. I guess uh, like, I guess it is. Well, it's Seattle, <laughs>
0: right? Like, there, that's where, Slaps like...
1: Slaps arm, you know?
2: like. <laughs> 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 Isn't that where Starbucks was founded? That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. Seattle has a big, <laughs> like, coffee... That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it depends on how you look at it. All right, so let's listen to some music now. All right, so... I think that obviously the first song that we have to play is, um, you know, none other than uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, of course. So I think everyone knows that song. Um, and I just wanted to play the part where he said it's fun to lose and to pretend because we talked about that earlier. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard that a million times. I don't know about you guys. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like on... Don't mind uh, hearing. I can hear it anytime.
0: I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I skip it whenever I listen to Nevermind. <laughs> like, I love the song, but it's just i've heard it so many times Mm -hmm. that like i it's okay i'll hear it on the radio for sure (laughs) okay but this is these are some of my favorite nirvana songs from the same album this is come as you are So that's that song. Um and then I'll just play another one that I really like.
2: That's my favorite song coming up.
0: Oh really? This yeah. one is yours? Okay, yeah. cool. It's interesting that that's your favorite one because it's definitely a lot more melodic. <laughs> and you, well, Drew's favorite kind of like genre is pop punk. So yeah. <laughs> it, it mm. makes sense.
2: I'm all about that mainstream melody.
0: Yeah. Um. And so, Carl, did you want to add anything?
1: Oh, I was just going to say, um, actually linking back to the, uh, the previous podcast, basically uh, the song comes, oh, the, the other one that we just listened to, you don't really understand totally what he's saying, and it's kind of just like a melange of like words and stuff. Yeah, that's so and true. And so like, <laughs> see, I'm always relevant. Um, <laughs> but no, but basically, yeah, like it has a very similar concept of like, the words don't really make much sense, but like it it makes sense to whoever's listening to it, right? So yeah.
0: hello, 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 how low. <laughs> Like, what is he saying? What is he talking about? Um, Yeah, and it's funny because, like, this is just random, but I remember, like, I went... One of my first concerts was a Green Day concert, Mm. and uh, I went with some of my friends, and one of their dads came because we were, you know, 15, and, um, and he was like, I don't get why you guys like this stuff. I have no idea what he's saying. It sounds like he's just mumbling. I think he said mumbling or he said something oh. like it just sounds like they're... in intoler- like gibberish. Yeah. He's, oh. and, and we were like, you don't get it. No, but There you go. You know, it's, it's kind Exactly. Like kids,
1: kids these days, you know? It, yeah. It's the same yeah. kind
0: of thing. Just- Shut up, all ahead.
1: <laughs> okay, okay so- boomer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get a <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay. So the next song that we're going to play um is sound garden and um actually no first i want to play this song is alice in chains it's called them bones <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I just wanted to say for this song, I, like I listened to Alice in Chains when I was younger, but I didn't really know this song. And then I remember when I first heard the song, I think it was um, on Guitar Hero, like the first one. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is this metal song? Like, I thought it was a metal song. I didn't know it was a grunge song. So it's mm. funny because when I was talking about the history, I said that like some bands were more influenced by metal. And yeah. you could definitely hear yeah, that yeah. in the song because yeah. I, le- I legit thought it was a metal song. <laughs> yeah, you can you
1: can definitely hear the the Black Sabbath influence in this. Oh my like, God. Black yeah. Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah,
0: definitely. Okay, and then um, this is my favorite Soundgarden song. It's called Rusty Cage. (laughs) a lot of that one sorry (laughs) i like that one a lot and then this one i just wanted to play well let's just play um soundgarden's like most popular song um just so you guys whoever's listening and who doesn't really know much will be like oh yeah i know that song so this is black hole sun oh yeah Yeah, so that's like their most popular song. Um, I, you guys have heard it before. Oh uh, uh, yeah, plenty <laughs> of
1: times. Plenty of times.
0: Okay. So- <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is what is what is Black is Hole bad. Sun? I've what is Soundgarden? What are the kids listening to these days? I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, and then um, okay, I just want to play this one. It's called Jesus Christ Pose. when he would <laughs> be singing. <laughs> Anyways, it's called Jesus Christ Pose and I just wanted to play that one because um so <laughs> my grandpa apparently so my Lebanese grandfather, he was like I guess in his seventies at the time that this song came out, uh, or maybe in his sixties, I don't really know. But he like didn't listen to this kind of music obviously. Like he was a you mm. know an immigrant from Lebanon who didn't know about this kind of stuff and apparently he saw this playing on mtv once and he was just like analyzing it and the, like the music video it's called jesus christ pose and they're like sort of posing like jesus christ and so he was looking and he's like and then my dad was like like you like the song or something <laughs> and he's like well I, he liked the imagery of it basically like he was intrigued by um the he was imagery in a trance. of he, yeah like he was he was a fan
1: <laughs> wow yeah what's the band exactly what's the band this name is, called
0: this is Soundgarden sorry Sound,
1: oh it's Soundgarden that. too yeah oh, okay, it's still okay. Soundgarden I don't think I heard yeah. that song before yeah
0: yeah it's not one of their most popular ones I just wanted to um, play it so but <laughs> <get> <laughs> <sure> that I could share that anecdote about my <laughs> about my grandfather alright um, next um, uh, I put this song and I don't remember what it is it's called Man in the Box oh I know this one by Alice in Chains that's that song. Um, okay, then we have Pearl Jam, of course. This is one of their most famous ones. Like, it sounds completely different to me, almost. Really? Not like completely different, but it's, it's such a different vibe. <laughs>
2: Maybe the audio quality is better in 2023.
0: No, that's not it. <laughs> So that's Alive by Pearl Jam. Um, I'm also going to play this one called Daughter. Yeah, so I don't know why, but the like Pearl, Ta- Pearl Jam to me compared to like Soundgarden and Allison Chains is a lot more, I don't know, like it's like softer. <laughs> I, I, Do I just funny. You what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Like I mean, I mean Pearl Jam. I think what's cool about all these bands is that like they're labeled as grunge, but at the same time they all have their own specific influences, so they all sound different, which is really nice. I think
0: exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is a uh, Mud Honey. yeah they're not like as popular like but it. like they're very to me they're like very grunge they,
1: they have they have a very uk rock style though i noticed like the rock, the uk rock style has like a lot of like drums like s- solo drums like that or like i thought it was kind of interesting though
0: oh really oh i didn't notice yeah um okay so now i'm gonna play tad which i had never heard of before the of this before this podcast but this is called grease box Guys, if you didn't think that this music couldn't be danced to, Andrew is just. <laughs> 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 you should see him. He's really like.
2: <laughs> We're not doing video yet, so.
0: Yeah, he's.
1: Andrew's he, about to to thrash, you know.
0: <laughs> no, but he's he's not dancing like how you you would think someone would dance to this music.
1: We should we should but just, the just the have like question. a virtual we should just have like a virtual <laughs> mosh pit and just like throw Andrew in there and be like, all right, the Andrew, go. Is, did
2: it work? My dancing to it.
0: No, it did. It, it, looked, it I mean maybe you would stand out if you were at a show <laughs> just grooving you know but um but it was very cute okay uh, <laughs> okay let's play some bam bam let's hear like the beginnings of grunge so this is ground zero <sighs> I just want to say you can definitely hear how it's like punk, but it's very like slower and sludgier, like it has that
2: distorted yeah. Yeah. dirty vibe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's... exactly.
0: That's really cool. I'll skip a little bit. So that is Tina Bell she is the godmother of grunge. Next, okay, we're going to play some more like uh grunge influences. So this is the Sonics.
2: I didn't know this was them. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: that i I actually didn't even listen to it before the podcast but that's so (laughs) i like that a lot i Uh, don't know this
2: song i had no idea it was them.
0: really i had never heard of that before to be honest with you uh but i've definitely heard of the stooges this is the stooges by the way uh we can't really play neil young because none of his music is on spotify so (laughs) unless we can play it through something else but um yeah so this is the stooges It's called dirt. Similar, like, vibes we're getting I from think, Grunge. <laughs> mm. um, it okay. makes sense. Yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. I, um. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then this is uh, Melvin's. It's called Raise a Paw. that was almost the whole song it's only a minute and 11 seconds oh wow (laughs) yeah wow which is very punk yeah um okay so let's play some stp or stone temple pilots this is plush (laughs) And then we've also got Vaseline. Got sort of like, I don't know if it's actually grunge, but like it sounds very grunge to me. This is Veruca Salt.
2: Oh, I remember that bad. <laughs>
0: Okay, it does say on Wikipedia that they're grunge, <laughs> and they did start in 1992, so I guess it's like the later years of grunge, or no, like... To
2: me, they've always felt more like alt-rock.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's mm. like their main thing, like oh, alternative
1: Maybe rock. Maybe alt-rock, but with like heavy grunge influence.
0: Okay, so we're going to play some uh, female um, grunge bands now, so this is Hole, um, and of course Hole is... Uh, led by, oh my god, what's her name? Courtney Love, Courtney Love <laughs> yeah. who was married to Kurt Cobain, of course. So this is Violet. And the sky was bigger and the
3: dust And all the stars were just like
0: Yeah, so that was a uh, Hole, and then we've got Babes in Toyland, this is called Bruise Violet. That's really good. I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then there, then there is um, L seven, and this is called "Pretend We're Dead." That was L seven. I really like that one. Mm-mm. Had a, a nice vibe to it. I remember talking about Tripping Daisy. Yes, yeah, so that this is like the the scrunge, the fake scr- the fake grunge. <laughs> uh, this is Tripping Daisy.
3: She loves her dog. I got a girl, I love her dog. I got a girl who stares in the mirror. I got a girl who blames it on
0: her head. I got a girl, she is so right I got a girl, she's my so, I- so that was I got a girl. It was fake, though. It's fake grunge, okay? You, you, it's you, grunge.
1: <laughs> you know what just reminded me? You know that song Teenage Dirtbag? Bag? Was it yes. by... We- uh, what's the name no, of No, the, uh, the-
0: it's by... Oh, my God. I forgot the name of them. Hold on. By Wheatus.
1: Wheatus, yeah. That yeah. would be considered fake grunge, too, I believe, right?
0: I guess so, yeah. It's like a because similar basically kind of
1: similar, but like later on and stuff like that yeah
0: yeah exactly and more commercial Mm. um (laughs) okay and then i also have um this is another veruca salt it's called seether i just like this one a lot I really like this band because i like her like soft voice mm-hmm. in comparison mm. to the music i just like the contrast of it okay so lastly we're just gonna play song two just to show you mm-hmm. um blur making fun of grunge <laughs> I never knew what he said, but he said, I got my head checked by a jumbo jet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, their most popular song. So that's song two by Blur. Um. Yeah. So that's all I have. Do we have anything else that we want to play?
1: Uh, not, I don't think we want to play, but um, the Hive, Tick, Tick, Boom, is. I think from like 2002, 2003, but it definitely has very similar uh, scrunch feel to it.
0: Oh, okay. So let's yeah. just play that. yeah i can definitely hear the influences yeah, that one. That
1: there's there's influence but i think like they're more on the rock side but like yeah the, the influence of scrunch definitely is there
0: yeah for sure yeah. um we didn't play any nickelback how sad
2: <laughs> i'm not sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's funny how nickelback is like one of those bands that just a lot of people just hate i remember when i was a kid um me and my sister would like scream every time they played on the car radio and we would yell at our mom to turn it off (laughs) because we hated them so much but now i'm like okay they weren't that bad they were just they're just not my cup of tea (laughs) Mm. but the fact that they were known as grunge i guess in their early stuff um that's kind of funny all right so that was grunge uh thanks to everyone for listening do we have any final thoughts on the genre
2: i give it a A plus (laughs)
0: a (laughs) plus you do
2: I mean, I loved listening to grunge over the years and the post-grunge era.
0: Yeah, like, it's one of those... That was
2: more my thing, post-grunge.
0: Yeah, it's one of those, like, genres that are definitely very, like, nostalgic to Mm. millennials just because it was music that was popular when we were kids. So it's, like, to us... A lot of the music to me sounds like things that I remember listening to when I was a kid on, like, the radio and things like that. And... And now when you listen to it, it, it like it sounds just as good. Obviously, it's like, yeah, it's great yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's
1: very nostalgic to like when we were younger. I think that's right. that's pretty much why like it. That's why it stuck sticks with us. That's why we're kind of still listening to it today. So
0: yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. That was the grunge episode.
2: And uh, big thanks to Carl for showing up on it. The- the pod today
0: yes thank you carl
1: and thank you for inviting me i appreciate it to be on it and and talking to the viewers
0: we loved your commentary we're gonna have you again
2: awesome sure especially when we need um analysis on hip-hop and stuff oh yeah we have to have the rotted one persona uh, come back (laughs) maybe we'll
1: see we'll see we'll see
2: and we'll we'll (laughs) even play some of those songs in the future up so
1: If
0: Carl is okay with it, yeah, I'll I'll probably I'll have to. uh,
1: (laughs) I should be fine. I should be fine with it. It's all good. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I loved
0: it, Carl. I remember listening to it, and I was like, "Wow, this is really good." Like, I would listen. I would download this on my (laughs) phone and listen to it if I could.
1: Well, I mean, I'm actually getting back into music uh, as a hobby, Ooh, so if there's anything yeah. that you would like to uh, to hear, let me know and I can probably try what to I make something. What I
2: would like to and, know is um, your early stuff, do you have any right. uh, recordings of it still?
1: Uh, yep, I uh, have a lot of recordings of it still. So, so.
2: maybe when we do a In the future uh, rock episode again, maybe we could uh, play oh. some of your stuff. Anything uh, I, that... I don't know if I a specific genre. Right.
1: I don't know if I still have that. I'll have to look though. I'll have to look.
0: That's gonna be fun. I like that. Okay. Um thanks so much for listening, everyone. Also, sorry for uh last episode. I know that like in the middle of the episode it kinda skipped and like some of the audio is missing and I I Mentioned it in the description that it's because of my uh, shitty laptop. So I'm sorry about that. Um, it's old. I've had it for a long time and I need to buy a new one, but not right now.
2: It's so. hard to replace family members though. so
0: Family members? Your laptop's your baby. No, it's not. It's a piece of crap. <laughs> I hate it.
2: Uh, you're definitely not having it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need, like, a good one, but I, yeah, I need to invest money into that. And anyways, um, so, yeah, I do apologize for that, but hopefully this episode is going to be better. So far, everything looks good. So, yeah, uh, thanks again for, for listening, everyone, and tune in next time on I Listen to Everything.
1: Goodbye. Bye-bye now. <laughs>